Masechet Ketubot, Tafkof Heh. And with this stuff, we begin the 13th and last Perek of Masechet Ketubot. Mishnah. Shne Dayane Gezerot Hayub Yerushalayim, Admon Vechanan Ben Avi Shalom. There were two special judges. They were special in that they were able to issue decrees, so some kind of high-level judges, and their names were Admon and Hanan ben Avishalom. Hanan omer devarim, Admon omer shiva. We're going to quote two items in the name of Hanan and seven items in the name of Admon. This will be in this and the following Mishnayot. If a man goes away on a trip, and now his wife says, uh, he didn't leave any money here for my sustenance. So he's uh, asking for the, uh, for the uh, um, whoever runs the estate to provide money for her. So Hanan says she does not have to provide, to, she, she does not have to swear uh, up front that she is really owed this money. Instead, she only swears at the end. Later on, should they get divorced or he dies and she comes to collect her ketuvah, then she'll have to swear that she did not take any money from the ketubah payment, that any money she took was owed to her as regular sustenance. He didn't leave money there, and she also took money. She'll swear at the end. But she doesn't have to swear up front, because she doesn't have to prove that she deserves to, to eat. That's Hanan's opinion. However, the sons of the Kohanim Gedolim is interesting because we don't often hear about them, but there seems to be have been different groups of uh, people with halachic knowledge and authority. Um, some rabbis, you notice Hanan and Admon, are not called rabbis, um, likely because they were very early sages, and uh, the only the uh, sages started becoming called rabbi only with the destruction of Bet HaMikdash, Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai. But if you think of Hillel, Shammai, Shimon HaTzadik, none of them had the title rabbi. So these were um, early sages. And uh, there was also this uh, priestly group. And anyway, they thought, Now we have to check. If we're going to take money from his estate without him there, then she should have to swear to make sure that she really deserves this money. And later on also, she will again have to swear when she collects her full ketubah. Rabbi Dosa agrees with the Kohanim Gedolim. Rabbi Dosa often uh, followed the old opinion or Bet Shammai opinion, so it makes sense he's following this priestly opinion. However, Rabbi Yochanan agrees with Hanan, who says that she does not have to swear uh, when she collects the money, but rather only at the end. Okay, interesting Mishnah. Now we have a couple of challenges. We have another Braita that says there were not two, but three uh, judges, and it doesn't call them Geze of Gezerot, uh, those who issued decrees, but rather judges regarding cases of theft in Jerusalem. And uh, Admon, that's the same. Then there's also Hanan Amitri, that's a different Hanan, besides the Hanan that's mentioned, Hanan um, ben Avishalom. So here we have an added judge, uh, Hanan Hamitzri. So that's our question. Kashia telat atren, kashia gezerot a gezelot. How come there's three here in this Braita and not two? And how come these are called judges of 
of thieves, the judges of thief uh, of thievery cases, and not of decrees. So then the question about the number, that's easy to answer. Those that were important to the Tana of the Mishnah, he mentioned, and those that were not important, he didn't mention. It doesn't necessarily mean that that judge, Hanan Amitzvi, was less important, but rather his point was he wanted to transmit a few important halachot. And so he mentioned, oh, these are two judges of decrees that I want to list their halachot to teach them. But uh, the, so that, the, the other Hanan was not important for his purposes. But the harder question is, well, what kind of judges were they? Were they about decrees or judges over cases of robbery? So Nachman says, combine them. They would make decrees on, on, uh, regarding Here's one example of a, of a decree. If someone uh, um, would, uh, uh, has an animal that severed a young plant in someone else's field, so he owes him, he owes him damages, he stole this. Uh, item stand still, but rather cause damage. And so the those who make gezerot in Jerusalem said that there's a fixed price for this. If it's one year old, it's going to be two silver pieces. If it's two years old, the plant, then it's already further uh, further along and its growth is worth more. Then you have to pay four silver pieces. So they made these standard amounts. That way, you wouldn't have to come to court and argue. It's worth this much. It's worth that much. Um, maybe even these amounts are more than the actual usual amount because they wanted to give um, a, a more of a deterrence so people would be more careful. So that would be an example of decrees regarding people um, damaging, taking, destroying was not theirs. Okay, what mean he? Another problem. This Braita um, has Admon and Hanan as we did before, but now it has a different person, Nachum. So this Braita contradicts the Braita above that had another Hanan and Mitzri. Who's this Nachum? Amara Papa also, this is Gezerot, but that we solved. Uh, oh, the one who said it's Nachum, that was the opinion of Rabbi Natan. But not everybody agrees. It was only his opinion, Rabbi Natan, that Nachum was one of these uh, judges. But the other sages said, no, he is not one of the judges. So therefore, the Benaita above reflects the other sages. Now we ask, wait, there's only three judges or, 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 or maybe four? That's it? Um, didn't be Yosha teach that there were 394 courts in Jerusalem, and each court had many people on it. So there were, must have been a lot of judges. And there were that many uh, synagogues, and that many houses of study, and that many uh, elementary schools. So there were a lot of judges. But when the, in this Baraita and in the Mishnah, when it said there was only these two, these three, uh, we're talking about the special, these special judges that issued decrees. There were other, other judges that dealt with other things, but these were the special decree judges.
אמר רב יהודה, אמר רב עשה, גוזרי גזרות שבירושלים היו נוטלים שכרן תשעים ותשע מנה מתרומת הלשכה. אוקיי, so now we're going to start a very important topic of how should judges get paid. wouldn't be right for them to get paid by the people that they're judging, as we're going to see, because that would involve, could involve bribery. Instead, they would get their wages um, equaling 9,900 dinar from the temple treasury, from Tzermat HaLishka. Everybody would donate, and the part of that surplus, they would, would go to paying the judges. And the Ravaseh's uh, statement continues and says, if the judges did not want that amount of money, uh, they were, wasn't good enough for them, then you'd have to pay them more. So now we ask about What do you mean, Lodasu? They could demand anything they want. You know, if we determine that 9,900 is a standard amount, that's a, you know, a, um, uh, that one can can live on that. So uh, are we dealing with judges who are who are evil that they're just going to say, wait, I want more. I'm going to demand more from the public funds. Rather, what we mean is that if it's insufficient for their needs, then even if they don't wish to receive higher wages, we add to their wages. In other words, we want to make sure that the judges are taken care of at their, their normal uh, standard of living uh, whatever is appropriate for them. So if we see that the, the 9,900 is not sufficient, they can't pay their bills, then we add more to them, even if they don't want to. So it's actually the judges are very righteous. Now we have an example of a sage, Karna, who did not take from public funds. Instead, he would collect a uh, small coin, from the innocent party and from the guilty party. I mean, he didn't know who was innocent and guilty until the end. But he'd collect a small amount from both parties, an equal amount, and then he would agree, agree to judge the case. We ask about Kanana, How could he do that? doesn't say don't take a bribe. If he's taking from the litigants themselves, themselves isn't that considered a bribe? And if you'll answer, no, it's only a bribe when you don't take from both of them, because then you're going to bend the judgment towards one of them. But, but since he took equal, an equal amount from both of them, so then he won't bend the judgment towards either of them. But our question that we still have another question, even if he's not going to pervert the judgment because of the bribe, then is 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 then still in, in that even in that case permitted to take a bribe? It is not. Why is a pasuk have to say not to take a bribe if it's telling you that you should not? make innocent someone who's guilty or make innocent one make guilty one who's innocent we already know that it says do not bend the judgment in other words if the ju- if the bribe is going to make you change your mind and you say i know this guy's really guilty but he gave me a bribe i'll make him innocent that you can't do if you know uh that he's guilty and you're going to make him innocent then you're not allowed to do that whether you take a bribe or not 
So you don't need the pasuk v'shochad lo tikach to tell me that. Ela afilu zakot edazakot chiv dechayav amelat torah v'shochad lo tikach. Rather, the prohibition against bribery even applies to a case where I know he's innocent and he gives me a bribe. So then I might think that maybe I could take the bribe because it's not changing my mind. I knew he was innocent anyway. Right? I already made my decision pers- privately that he's he's innocent. It's clear, ca- clear, uh, uh, open, shut case. So if he gives me a bribe, so maybe I could take it because it's not changing my mind. No, that's why the Torah says, no, you can't even do it in that case because that's what the added pasuk, v'shochad lotikach. Therefore, back to Karana, uh, just because he's taking from both of them and therefore it's not going to change his judgment, it still should be prohibited because you just can't take money from litigants. So, the answer is, it's only prohibited if one's taking it as a bribe, but he take it, took it as a salary. That's an important difference, even though he's taking money from both if he's taking it out in the open and says, listen, this is my price for my time that I'm going to be spending on your case. Okay, so then everybody knows about it. It's okay. A bribe is usually like under the table. He, they, they don't necessarily know that each other gave it. And so that's underhanded. That's illegal. Okay, so he's taking it as a salary. Further question, even as a salary, is it permitted? If someone gets paid to judge, paid meaning by the litigants, then his judgments are null and void. So he can't do this. Answer is That's only true if one accepts payment for the judgment. You can't do that. You have to be a judge has to either do it for free or has to get paid by public funds. He cannot get a salary for judging. But Karna did something else. He was receiving sechad batala. He was receiving receiving compensation for not going to work that day. He has a job. And so now if he's not going to go to work, then he's not going to be able to, uh, so then he's not going to make money from his job. So he says, listen, pay me in order to um, not, not go to work. So that's different. He's not actually getting a salary for judging. He's happy to judge for free as long as um, he's compensated for his loss of un- unemployment. All right, this is a very important halakha. It applies to other things also, um, like doctors, teachers of Torah, people who, uh, who are doing, supposed to do things and are not allowed to receive money for them, uh, but sometimes they do need to receive money. And so we use also this reasoning that they're not pay- being paid for this service. They would help you heal people for free. They're, they're teaching Torah because they love Torah, but uh, they're that time they won't be able to work otherwise so we're paying them just for not going to work okay hold on even that is it permitted to give compensation for not going to work and for a judge there's another statement of Raita that says it doesn't look nice it's ugly for a judge to take to take a salary to judge 
Um, but his judgment is in, in, in nevertheless valid. Even though it's not a nice thing to do, it is valid. So what is this Praita talking about? If he actually is receiving a salary directly for judging, then his judgment is his judgment a judgment at all? We said above it. It's not. In that case, it would be null and void. So it can't be talking about that case. Rather, this Praita, Rather, it's talking about compensation for not going to work, and it says this is an ugly thing to do. So, how could how could um, Karna do that? Even if his judgments would be valid, still, it's not proper to act in such a way. The answer is Okay, this problem that's an uh, that's an ugly thing to do is only if it's not self-evident, if it's not evident that he is receiving compensation for not going to work. Like if the guy does not clear what his job is anyway, and would he is he really taking this amount of time if he's spends two hours judging this case or that is that exactly two hours that he's losing uh, his way his wages for um, if it's not really clear then it's an ugly thing to do but for Karna, it was clear it was a one-to-one relationship because his job was was a wine taster. He would go to the wine uh, uh, storage places and taste 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 the uh, wine from the casks to see is it uh, going to go sour? Should we drink? Should we open it right away? Should they store it for longer? So for every uh, job that he misses out. He would get he he would he would have gotten a dinar for that if he's does not spending that those two hours going to uh, to check out wine in those places so that's uh, that's a certain number of dinarim he could have made so that's what that is what he's asking for so if someone is really getting paid you know by the hour or by the job and they can calculate look I'm missing three jobs because I'm judging your case then it's permitted because it's clear that he's getting paid just not to go to work but if someone's job is not so clear cut um, then it's a, it would be an ugly thing. A case, a similar case where it would be permitted is Ravuna. When a case would come before him, he would say, listen, I'll judge your case as long as you, the litigants, provide a person who can go draw water for me to irrigate the fields because that's what I was going to do today and I'm, I'm fine to spend time judging your case as long as you provide for the job that I was going to do. That's permitted. And now we're going to talk about how terrible taking a bribe is. Look how uh, blind are people who take bribes. A person who who is, uh, has a problem with his eye, has some pain, he's, he would pay money to a doctor and he's not never sure if the doctor will heal him or not, but he's willing to pay just for the possibility of being healed. And yet, someone who takes a bribe, 
they are um, taking even a small amount is still considered a bribe, um, the smallest, uh, you know, the smallest denomination. But they for sure cause themselves blindness. So if some, if someone would pay just for the possibility of getting their sight better, why would a person take a tiny amount for the definite um, consequence of becoming blind? Um, uh, uh, because the pasuk says, right, bribably, surely blinds a person of sight. Bribes even blind the eyes of a wise, all the more so if someone is foolish, they didn't have much wisdom to begin with, so the bribe is going to totally uh, get, uh, blind them. And if it perverts the words of righteous uh, who are trying to get it right, all the more so it will pervert the statements of the wicked who are who are perverted to to to, to begin with. Now we ask, what is Pereta talking about? If they're already foolish or wicked, can they be judges? Why would they, why do we have to talk about them getting uh, bribes? They're not going to be judges in the first place. Rather, what the Pasuk is saying that uh, is that the, that blindness will uh, blind um, even a person who's very wise. If he takes bribes, he will not die before he will become foolish, right? So, yeah, a foolish person is not going to become a, a judge in the first place. But this is part of the punishment is that the wise person will actually lose his wisdom and become foolish by taking bribes. If someone is 100% righteous and then he, star, he takes a bribe, he um he will before he dies he will become he will lose his mind um he will become foolish and so um bribery is not going to just it's not just going to affect this one a case and one outcome but the person will be okay you know the person will be permanently uh, demented because of it. By uh, justice establishes the land, one who takes gifts overthrows it. What is this pasuk referring to? If so they're both so judges. If a judge is like a king, the king doesn't need anything. Can't bribe a king. What are you going to give him? He already owns more than everything. So if a judge is like that and he says, "I don't need anything. I'm not going to, never going to take bribes," then that judge is a pillar of the world. But if the judge is like a Kohen, a Kohen, he, they didn't have land. They had to. They went from granary to granary, saying, "You know, can you give me the teruma? Um, give it to me." So they're like almost like beggars, um, and always taking things from others. That a judge who is like that, a judge is always going going around saying, "Oh, you pay pay me, and I'll judge your case." And uh, uh, accepting bribes, seeking it them even, and seeking payment for judging that person destroys the land. A judge who uh, borrows items from other people, okay, he's not taking bribes, he's only borrowing someone's lawnmower. No, you borrowed someone's uh, hammer, you're not a, you cannot be a judge anymore because you accepted benefit from them. So if you're a borrower, 
uh, don't be a judge. But that's only per, about, talking about a person who doesn't have items that he lends out also. If a person borrows and lends out normally, everybody does, right? You always have to borrow some eggs, you lend out some sugar, so then it's all, it's all it equals out. And that person is okay to be a judge. Hold on. How could you say that? Rava, he borrowed items from the house of this Bar Merion, even though um, they never borrowed from him. It was only one way. So shouldn't that be prohibited for Rava then to be a judge? Now, in that case, Rava was actually doing them a favor by borrowing from them because Rava himself was important and wealthy him having a relationship with this Bar Merion and borrowing from them actually raised the standing of Bar Merion in the community so that uh, he uh, if anything Rava was giving them more than he was receiving Marava, Maitama de Shohada. Now we're going to explain what is the um, the reason why taking a bribe is no good. Kevan de Kabele Shohada Mine, Ikareba le da telegabe, Vave Kigufe, Venadam Roe, Habhobale Atzmo. Because once a person takes a bribe from someone else, he be, feels close to him, almost, even like himself. He's like, oh, I'm uh, 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 we're, like we're one. And a person does not see the bad in himself, right? It's very hard for a person to see his own flaw. Was. And when he takes a bribe from someone, he feels very close to that person, so close that just like he doesn't see flaws in himself, he won't see flaws in this litigant who gave him money. My shohad, what's the etymology of the word shohad? Shehuhad, a folk etymology, that he becomes like one with that litigant. That's no good. He has to remain objective, independent. You should not be a judge for someone who you love or for someone who you hate. If it's someone who you really love, then you never it's going to be hard to find fault in the person. If it's someone who you hate, then you won't be able to find any merit in the person. So therefore, that judge should recuse himself from being a judge to a good friend or a terrible enemy. Abaye, now we're talking about loving and hating people. Uh, this a Torah scholar who is in a town and all the people of the town love him. Oh, don't be think because because he's a great sage. Uh, so look how successful he is. That everybody and all the congregants love him. No, it's the opposite. It means that this rabbi is not reproving the people in heavenly matters sufficiently. They love him because he's easygoing, and you know, the people, even if they do wrong things, he doesn't tell them anything. That's why they love him. So it's the opposite. If there's a, some healthy tension uh, uh, that the rabbis feel, some some fear, some awe. Um, that uh, the rabbi corrects them, then uh, it's better. So people loving the rabbi isn't necessarily a good sign. Uh, so Rava himself says, at first, the people of Mechoza, he was the rabbi in Mechoza, he says, all people of the town, they love me. So he was happy. Once I became a judge in the town, then I saw that some hate hate him, some love him, right? And uh, must must be because those who he said were innocent, they, they loved him. Those he said were guilty, hated him. So you know, it's not because 
um, he is uh, in himself uh, um, uh, great and lovable, but it just depends on what the outcome is for the people. But then, But then I saw some people come for judgment repeatedly, and one day I could declare them guilty, the other day, another day, uh, innocent. And so their loving or hating me does not actually depend on whether I say they're innocent or guilty, but rather, like the winds change, uh, if they love me, they all love me, and then sometimes they hate me, and they all hate me. This is just like a trend that they all talk to each other, and I think uh, the point is that it's not worth bothering to please everyone. You can't please everyone all the time. You do what's right, and uh, hopefully people will appreciate it. Okay, when the Pasuk says, do not take a bribe, it's not only talking about bribery of money, even a bribery of uh, words or actions, as we're going to see. Since the Pasuk does not say, don't take Betza, Betza would mean profit, would mean only money. But the word Shochad is more uh, is broader, more general, and includes not only a cash payment, but any type of benefit that a litigant may give a judge will make is, is, is prohibited and disqualifies the judge. For example, Shemuel was going over a ferry and there was someone uh, there who put out his hand to give a hand to Shemuel to cross on to the ferry. Shemuel asked him, you know, what are you doing here? What's your business? I'm coming because I have a judgment and you're going to be the judge. Now I'm disqualified because you did me a favor and you lent me a hand to cross over onto the ferry. Now I cannot, even though he didn't pay him anything, it was just a nice polite thing that you do for anyone. Shemuel says, no, now I feel closer, a connection to you. I, I feel thankful that you did me this favor, so I have to recuse myself. Uh, similar story was sitting, judging a case. A feather floated, landed on his head. This is a little feather. Some guy came and took the feather out of his hair. So Amema says, oh, what are you doing here? I have a judgment. I'm going to, I'm going to come and, and um, present a case before you. So now I am disqualified to you from judging your case because you did me even this tiny favor. I already am going to feel slightly um, slightly uh, 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 um, favorable towards you, so I can't be the judge. Morukva, one time he was the exilarch, so a you know, very important person, and he also acted as a judge. And so one time there was some spit on the floor in front of him. Some guy saw that, and he covered it over in order that Morukva would not have to see it and be disgusted by it. A very small favor. Morukva said, oh, what are you doing here? I have a judgment to present to you. Now I am disqualified as a judge. Okay. Another example um, is Rabbi Ishmael. He had a sharecropper who would bring him a basket of fruit every Friday uh, afternoon before Shabbat. So in other words, Rabbi Ishmael owns the field and the sharecropper 
uh, works the field and he pays his rent uh, with a with a basket of fruit. So the basket of fruit is not a gift. This is payment that is owed to the Bishmael. One time he came instead of on Friday, the sharecropper came and bought the fruit on Thursday. So how come you brought it to now a day earlier? So the sharecropper says, I have judgment. I said, while I'm on the way, I'm coming to you to judge a case. I may as well bring the fruit and um, uh, save myself a trip. And so to be Ishmael, number one, he did not accept the basket of fruit because it's kind of a bribe. Um, now, even though it's really not a bribe because the Bishmael owns that fruit, this is payment that is due to the Bishmael. He's just paying the rent. But just the fact that he's paying it a day early, that is itself a tiny benefit. And therefore, um, Rabbi Ishmael did not accept it, and he also disqualified himself from being the judge. Oteb Zuzah did Abanan. Now, Rabbi Ishmael instead says, Listen, I'm recusing myself. Here's a couple of my colleagues, and they will judge the case for you. And they, they judged the sharecropper's case, so that was fine. And so while Rabbi Ishmael was coming and going, and you know, he knew about the case, he heard what it was, he wasn't judging it, but he found himself thinking about the case and saying, oh, my sharecropper, my, my tenant, you know, if he wants, he could claim this or he could claim that. He's thinking all kinds of ways in which the sharecropper could win the case. And so he realizes that even though he didn't take the bribe and he recused himself, he still, he shows affinity towards his sharecropper because um, uh, because of this small small act that he brought the fruit one day earlier. So, And so now he realized uh, how important it is not to take a bribe. So he said, Bless the souls. Cursed is anyone who takes a bribe. Me, look at me. I didn't take it. And even if I took it, it's mine. It belongs to me. Uh, it's my, my, my rent, my payment. And even so, I'm already thinking for the, his, his favor, all the more so. Someone who actually takes a bribe, uh, there's no way they can be objective and just. Similar story um, about the B. Ishmael. Um, this is a different Bishmael, but about Elisha, who a certain person, he was a Kohen. And so this person would bring him the first shearings when they shear the sheep, uh, one, uh, one like, just like you give Bikurim um, and firstborn, so too the first shearing, a uh, certain percentage you give to a Kohen. So this person would always find a Bishmael and like to give it to him. You can give it to any Kohen. says, Where are you from? I'm from this cave, for this, some uh, far out place. And so Bishmael is surprised from there till, till here. There's no other Kohen on the way that you could have given this, uh, this shearing to. So um, this sounds like it's actually the first time that this person came to the Bishmael. But he traveled far with the shearings in his head, specifically to find the Bishmael to give it to him. And the Bishmael is like, Why'd you travel so so far, why don't you give it to a local Kohen? 
Amale dina itli, vamina gabod hai, aite le This is because I have a, a case to present before you. And so I figured, while I'm coming here anyway, I may as well give you the shearings. Amale pasil nalach le dina, la kabil mines. sorry, and now I'm disqualified because you offered me a bribe. And he also did not would not accept the shearings from him. Um, okay. Otible zugadra banan vekadainele. So Bishmael instead said, "Here's some of my colleagues, and you can present the case to them." So he had the same reaction while he's walking uh, here and there, and he's here. He's, he hears. He knows about the case, he says, oh, you know what? If I were him, if I were this guy, I could claim this, I could claim that on his behalf. And so he realized that he is showing favor to the guy um, who offered him the shearing. So he says, blasted. Is anyone who, who takes bribes? Look, me, look at me. I didn't take the, the shearings. And even if I took it, it's okay. It belongs to me as a Kohen, right? I have a right to take them. So it really would not be a bribe. Um, uh, so all the more so, someone and and already I'm thinking on uh, giving him favor. So all the more so, someone who actually takes a bribe uh, would be really prohibited and totally um, skews one's judgment. Rav Anan, gabra kanta de Some guy brought to Rav Anan a little basket of fish. Okay, what are you doing here? I have a case to present before you. Rav Anan did not accept the fish. It's like a bribe. And he said, I am disqualified. I will not see your case. So the guy said, listen, I don't need your judgment. It's okay. I'll go to someone else. But still, I want you to accept this gift that I'm giving you of the of the fish. So that you, the master, the rabbi, do not prevent me from giving bikurim. So actually giving this uh, this basket of small fish is called Bikurim. How do we know that? We can see that even though there weren't official bikurim, first fruit that you bring to the to the Kohanim, to the Bet Mikdash, we still we see that other gifts can also be called bikurim, like this this man who came from uh, Baal Shilisha and he brought two Elisha. Um, uh, a bread, uh, bread of first fruit, twenty loaves. Um, uh, and now Elisha, he uh, he did not have first fruit. He was not a kohen, so these were not actually uh, bikurim, but rather calls a bikurim to teach that anyone who brings a gift to a great sage, it's like he brings bikurim. Okay, this is a nice statement uh, um, uh, 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 as a tangent that uh, even though we can't bring bikurim uh, nowadays, the, the rabbis here are talking about when the Beit Hamikdash is destroyed. But just like other korbanot and libations and all kinds of things. Even though we don't have Beth Mikdash, we do other things that are like it, that are a replacement for it, so we don't feel so bad that we, uh, we'd have it. So this is another yet another example 
Um, I once wrote an article collecting examples like this, but so I have to add this example to that uh, to that article of things that we can do even today, even though we can't do the official Bet Hamikdash uh, offerings. Ravanan says, "Listen, I don't want to take it from you because it was offered to me together with the request to give a judgment. So normally I would recuse myself and refuse it, but now that you explain." And the reason for it, it's a very nice reason, so I'll accept it from you. I'm still not going to be the judge, so it's not taking a bribe. Okay, so he accepted the gift, and then Rav Anan, who accepted the gift, sent the guy to Rav Nachman with a letter, and he asked his colleague, Rav Anan asked his colleague Rav Nachman, listen, can you please uh, see this, uh, judge this man's case, because I'm disqualified from the case. He didn't explain in the letter why he's disqualified. Rav Nachman received a letter and he assumed that the reason why Rav Anan is, um, is disqualified is because he's a relative. And so now Rav Nachman is going to show slight favoritism to this guy because he's a relative of Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman was, in the meantime, dealing with a case involving orphans. Amar, hai aseh ve hai aseh. Aseh dechvod Torah adif. I said, listen, there's a positive commandment for me to judge this case or that case. So which one should I do first? Well, kavod Torah. I want to give honor to Rav Anan. And this is a family member of Rav Anan. So they are deserving of the honor of Torah. So I'm going to judge them first. And so he set aside the judgment of the orphans, and he took the, uh, the, the case from this guy who was the one who offered the basket of fish. But then, once the litigant, the other litigant, not the, the one who had the basket of fish, saw that Rav Nachman is giving honor to him as, oh, from a family of a great sage, so he, he saw that he says, I'm not getting a fair judgment, and as he's trying to make his claim, his mouth was closed. He couldn't get the words out because he felt so nervous because he saw Rav Nachman was not going to be fair to him. Rav Anan, now, in the meantime, see, Rav Anan um, did something not 100% because he should have explained that the reason why I'm disqualified is because uh, he offered me a gift. You know, I didn't take it, and he didn't mean it that way, but nevertheless, I disqualified myself, right? And, they, and by, by leaving out, the, leaving out that uh, reason, he suggested that, is a rel- that he is a relative, and so Rav Nachman now uh, gave him some favoritism, even though it's kind of indirect and all that, it still was some favoritism and not proper. So Rav Anan gets a consequence. Uh, which is that normally Eliyahu Hanavi used to come to Ravanan and teach him uh, Seder Eliyahu. The Midrash we have it now called Tanad Eliyahu. He would teach them. Uh, he would teach them these teachings. But once Ravanan did this and allowed this miscarriage of just justice by sending this litigant to Rav Nachman with a letter of recommendation that, through its omission of the reason, suggested that he should uh, caused him to get preferential treatment. He, this is an indirect of an indirect bribe. Nevertheless, it caused an injustice. 
So Eliyahu and Navi would not come to him anymore. So Ravanan repented, fasted, prayed. Eliyahu did come back. But Eliyahu, when he first came, would scare him. He came back, but scare him in a frightening way. Avad So Ravanan, to to hide himself from being scared, made a box. And he sat in the box while he studied the rest of the this, this midrash until he extracted from Eliyahu all of his teachings. And this is why people call this midrash by it has two parts, and part of it is the great part of it. That's the part that he learned beforehand when he was able to sit and learn the whole thing. And the second part is called Zuta, the minor uh, uh, section of Seder Eliyahu, where he's in a box and he's scared and he had to learn it not with, more quickly, not with the same uh, breadth and depth as the first half. So you see, as a consequence of this even, you know, indirect uh, um, a negligence of, uh, not, of, of uh, not writing the letter of recommendation properly, even though he recused himself and all that, uh, uh, that even that has a consequence, this, this type of punishment. And it also is, a, uh, uh, is an origin for why we have these two uh, different works with uh, the, to, attributed to Eliyahu with two different names. I should point out uh, that if you do go to a uh, Judaic bookstore and buy a work called Tanad Eliyahu, which is available in Hebrew, it's also an English translation, uh, this work uh, is most likely not what the Talmud originally is referring to because the, this work contains um, some anti-Karaite polemics and uh, so it definitely has later later added to it from as late as the 10th 10th century and nevertheless this work may very well probably does have uh, in it uh, parts of this original uh, Tanad Eliyahu that goes back to the uh, time of Rav Anan in uh, who uh, during the times of the Amoraim so we have a fantastic uh, story about the origins of this significant Midrash and such great important lessons about uh, justice Baruch Adonai Amen Amen